When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Hey, good Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I am Eric Kane with Rob Lewis, Austin Price, and Brent Hubbs. As always, this uh, VolQuest Podcast presented by our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. If you need roofing, siding, windows, or a garage, contact Exterior Home Solutions today. They've been local and trusted since 1999. East Tennessee's first choice in roofing. Uh, since 1999 and uh, before October the 1st, you can win a free roof at Exterior Home Solutions by nominating a deserving family at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com slash makeover. Only a couple of weeks left to get in and get that done before October the 1st. We got a full bank of questions here. Appreciate you guys for sending them in. We'll start with Nashville TN. What three things need to happen for Tennessee to be 4-1 rolling into Tuscaloosa? And obviously, it was clear that fall camp was poor, at minimum, a serious lack of focus. Do Mod see any signs of regression? Perhaps. Uh, I don't – I mean, I don't know about a poor fall camp. Um, I, you know, I, I, we weren't there to see how practice went every day. So, I don't – I can't answer or say that it was a poor fall camp. They, they didn't play well Saturday night, okay? To be 4-1, and one, which means you're going to beat um, some SEC teams coming down the pike here, right? To, to, do, right, to, to beat South Carolina, you, you've got to tackle better in space because South Carolina is going to attack you there, particularly in stuff underneath 10 yards. Okay. You're going to have to contain Spencer Rattler, who's going to run around like a madman. Okay. You, you're going to have to try to contain him. Uh, and then uh, offensively, you know, you got to score and uh, whatever means necessary. And that, that mean, I know there's been these huge debates. Joe's got to play better. Nobody on here has ever suggested Joe's playing perfect and nothing's his fault. He's got to play better. They've got to play much better on the offensive line. They've got to play much better blocking, you know, at the at the tight end position in the running back position in pass protection. Um, they're they're just they've got to get they've got to be better across the board on offense and defensively. Um, at tackling in space and the underneath stuff, I think is going to, cause South Carolina is going to go sideline to sideline like they did a year ago. Right. I mean, am I missing something? I think they'll work the middle of the field. You know, it, even if they weren't going sideline to sideline last year, I mean, they, they hit those crossing you know, yeah. patterns, mm-hmm. 15, 20 yards down the field um, to move the sticks or I mean, Rattler was near perfect. And he, he's played really well all year this year. Again, their problem has been just like Tennessee's. They are 20 to 20. They're really good. And in fact, I think they've probably been better than Tennessee um, from 20 to 20. But they failed to score points against, you know, against both North Carolina and Georgia, failed to get touch, uh, enough touchdowns. Um, so, you know, do they convert more next week? Again, can Tennessee bend not break? Problem is, I think Tennessee needs to get back to, you know, bringing pressure. You know, I think they, and because they were able to get pressure on those first two opponents with the front four, um, you know, I, I don't think you can just rely on that. I think you need to be able to bring pressure from the second level 
Well, but but Rob, if you bring pre- I mean, what everybody's doing right now, and I, I don't disagree, they need to get to the quarterback. But if you start bringing pressure, you're only going to see more and more of the three-step quick game stuff into those vacated holes, which is what South Carolina did to Tennessee a, a year ago. Tennessee's got to get tighter in coverage in the secondary because they're going to get a bunch of three-step stuff. They're going to get a bunch of quick game stuff moving forward till they show they can defend it. Yeah, um, I, th- I think – I mean, I, I don't – know what it looks like in the film room hover, but I, I think Tim Bates is going to catch 22 because I, I think he likes to pressure. I mean, we saw that last year. He's not afraid to gamble and, you know, send the house, but I just don't know that, you know, on the perimeter, he feels like, you know, you, that, you know, you can lock up and, and cover for the, you know, two or three seconds that you, you, you got to really, you know, if you're going to jam up and, and, you know, send six and, and get somebody home. I, it just, it doesn't appear to me, at least, you know, based off the one, you know, team they, they played with some speed outside that he's got a lot of confidence in, in that and you know Graham Mertz was great the other night I mean I think he played probably I'll, I'll be really surprised if we see Graham Mertz play that well all year but I mean they they gave you the blueprint to in, in that first half for I mean and I would hope Tennessee can be better than that but man that was that was a clinic in, in the first half what, what Florida did yeah, and again, they weren't asking him to do an awful lot, and he no. excelled and did it at a high level, and you're right. That is the blueprint right now against Tennessee's defense if you want to move the football. Uh, got a couple here from Athron. Let's go Let's go back to back to back here. Um, any word on Boo Carter after the Colorado visit, Austin? No, um, Boo's uh, – he's been relatively quiet. I mean, he's had some Instagram posts and stuff like that, um, but, you know, he's been relatively quiet across the board. Uh, both Matt and I have reached out to him. I think Chad Simmons has reached out to him and uh, kind of laying low. Uh, at minimum, we'll talk to him next week when they play at Farragut. How vital is it that Tennessee finds two true centers in the offseason, assuming one from high school, one from the portal? I think they've got a true center on the roster that they think has got a chance to be a good player in Bison Lang. Um, you know, I, I think they – I think they need to go get the four or five best players they can get in the portal on the offensive line, whether yeah. they're tackles, guards, centers, whatever, because mm-hmm. they can use, they can use all of them. So I, I think that, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know that you have to get a quote true center. I think you got to go get you got to go get some some dudes is what you got to do, and they've got to be inside dudes and outside dudes. And I, I mean, I'd say that in high school too. I mean, not this year. I mean, I, you're not going to sign a bunch of guys, but man, these first first month or whatever has really pounded home and I, however you wrote it the other day when, when you actually spelled it out like what Tennessee has on the roster from you know on the offensive line for the last four or five recruiting classes whew, it's it's not great I mean it's it's time to get some guys and just you know put them over there and let them soak for a few years well and it's it's why Austin the most imperative thing in the transfer portal for this team this offseason is the offensive line there are other positions of need, but they have to win in the offensive line in the transfer portal. That's right. They, they've got to win big, and they've got to be aggressive. And, you know, I mean, I, I think they have to be uber-aggressive when it comes to going out and, and getting guys. And and that means, you know, big and big IL deals and everything else. I mean, you got to do what everybody else is doing. You know, I mean, what, what did USC do? They went out and got Barry Alexander. Did he go there for free? No, he did not. So, like, you you – you got to be aggressive and, and and go out and get some real guys, um, you know. And I and, and I don't mean you know players that you know signed with the Power Five but haven't hit the field. I mean guys that have played, you know. I mean like you know that that are looking to move, that are looking for a change of scenery. Um, those type players. 
Awesome. One loss does not signal the end of the world, uh, but uh, for this poster, but um, in, in terms of smoke with any high school recruits committed or not about the loss yet, kind of what's this loss due to recruiting? Recruit, recruits don't look at wins and losses. If Tennessee had won the game, lost the game, it doesn't, that doesn't have any bearing. It, you know, like Luke Carter, had Colorado lost that game, he still would have had a good time. Good atmosphere, you know, good presentation, Dion, Flash, Pomp, Circumstance, all that. Um, you know, that's still going to be the case here. And when they, when they roll it down next week, you know, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere for South Carolina. Now, with that said, a run on losing, I think could have an impact, but again, that's why I think next week is the most important game that Heifel's coached since he's been here because there last year, there were no expectations in a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, maybe once they got to November, there were, but you know, when they're playing LSU, when they, played, when they played Florida, even when they played Alabama, I mean, people were hopeful, but you know, I don't know if they really expected a win. Now, they expected to win last week, and they didn't. And so, you know, next week is big because Tennessee fans are going to expect to beat South Carolina. They'll expect to avenge last year's loss, and uh, they need to continue to, to, to you know, the upward trend. Let's go to Tom, WGWTFA. Uh, can we get some updates on the future at offensive line? You've already spoke about this a little bit, but he, he lists a couple of these out here. Uh, Brent Nichols isn't a center. Is he progressing at guard or is he a bust? Well, I, you know, he's in his second year. Um, he did not capitalize on the opportunities he had, he had in front of him in the spring and in fall camp. Um, is it fair to call him a bust? No, I don't think it's fair to call him a bust. Did he miss out on the opportunity? Uh, is there, am I surprised he's not a factor? Yes, I, I am. Uh, he's got, he's got to get, he's got to get it going. I mean, he's got to turn the corner, whether that's be more aggressive, whatever, more physical, what, whatever the case may be, he's got to find it, um, for, for him to be a factor for, for Tennessee moving forward. I think that's the one of all the young guys. That's the surprise in, in terms of not being, a, a factor in a possible rotation or a starting position because it was certainly out in front of him to get one to gain that or to take that spot in the spring, summer, and, and fall camp, but he failed to do so. Says Lang sounds like a solid future center. You guys have already kind of commented on that one. Brian Grant's uh, starter potential position for him. Uh, kind of touch on Brian Grant's AP Reddick, Clipper, uh, Sham, and, and Johnson the third in terms of their progression. Sham would be the one that I would look at that has the potential to be a starter uh, just because he's a freshman. Uh, the others, uh, there's nothing that they've done to this point that that makes me think that they're going to be a future starter on this offensive line. So maybe, 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 maybe Miss Iretic, maybe. Said in the Monday night chat that Tennessee will be taking up to four offensive linemen in the, in the transfer portal. So who, if any, uh, guys on the current roster does Tennessee staff like? Okay, so you've already mentioned a couple of these. Guys that Tennessee likes on the offensive line right now that has potential. Sham, Bison Lang, um, obviously the guys who play this year but that will return. There's only a couple of them. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing with these guys, okay? Um, they are still young, um, but but they, they've got to they've find a, another gear. I mean that's that's the yeah. that's the bottom line. I mean, I, I, Austin's not saying they're all bust and they'll never be. Able, I mean, there have been guys who have year two, year three, you know, heading into year three of their career that the light came on and it came about. There have been some really productive players through the years that coaches wanted rid of, 
that 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 the light bulb switched on at all positions and they became really productive really good players um there's some guys in that group that half it, it has to go to a different level for them in intensity um in focus and preparation practice all those types of things will it uh, only time's going to tell none of those guys are ready to contribute right now none of those guys are ready to contribute this fall because none of them are pushing for playing time right now. We'll see what they are in the spring. And, and my, what I'm saying is, is they've done nothing to this point to show that they're going to be a starter going forward. Now, again, I would have said the same thing about Theo Jackson, his sophomore, maybe even junior year. But then you get to be a fifth-year guy, or did he play six? Did he play six? Maybe he did. I don't remember. Um, and, and, and now look at him. He's in the NFL. So, again, everybody develops at their own pace. The problem is Tennessee doesn't have time to wait on these kids to develop. They need instant, instant stuff now, and and that's the problem. And that's why they've got to live in the portal at that at that position. Joey Mack, eighty five, eighty one. Rob Lewis wants to know after three games, what do you think about the new clock rule? He said my impression is that if a team gets behind a couple of scores, then game over. Uh, game over is a little strong, but it is. I mean, you noticed it the other night for sure. Um, I, I mean, I like it. Just I mean, we've all been sitting up there in the press box before and. They looked at each other, and me and AP especially. Like my God, you know, it's not even halftime yet. So you know, me and AP do that at high school games. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you do it at high school games, but you, you, you're not shy about doing it on air. Yeah, <laughs> AP especially. <laughs> but AP, sorry, right? AP will just check out, and you won't hear from him for like five AP minutes. AP started the first quarter. Oh, backer, we're gonna be here till midnight. <laughs> but seriously, to get sidetracked. I mean, if I'm just watching a game and, you know, I like it, you know, North Carolina and Army or whoever, you know, it moves quicker. If I'm a Tennessee fan and you're sitting in the first quarter the other night, then you're like, man, I hate this new clock rule. It's going to come back and bite us in the second half. So, I mean, if you're just – if you're neutral, big fan. If you're a fan of the team that just fell behind three touchdowns in the first half, you're not going to like it as much. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think the actual link to the game – is any shorter because of all the commercial breaks that you got going no, on. That's a, that's a good point. And all of those types of things. The game, the gameplay, you know, it feels like the game's going faster. Then you look at your watch and you haven't really saved any time because their commercial breaks are three and a half minutes now and that type of thing. Here's the bottom line. What it does do, in my opinion, Eric, is it just puts that premium on you better get off the field on third down. Yeah. I mean, and, and that, you know, when you don't get off the field on third down, it becomes an eight-minute drive. I mean, that's what – I mean, Army – look at what Army did to UTSA on the opening possession of that game. I mean, I think they had the ball eight and a half minutes or something like that. They converted four or five third downs on the drive. So, it, it puts a premium defensively on – you better be a good third down team and get off the field. So, that game felt really short in the first half last week because Tennessee couldn't get off the field in the third da- on third down. Now – Game wasn't over at the half. Tennessee got two, three and outs, and chance to get right back in the game. They just didn't capitalize on it and score. Florida, two seven-minute drives, two seven-plus-minute drives in the first half, seven of eight third-down efficiency offensively for the Gators. Tennessee, yeah, could not get off the field in the first half. And, and then when you couple that with procedural penalties, you're behind the sticks, it's like, I mean, you gave yourself no shot offensively whatsoever in that first half. If, if you had to listen to Packer, which is Ty Simpson and UT Martin agenda on, on, on the air, you'd be trying to get out of there. Too. Koval, 
Brent, this is a this is a you question because you know all about this. Where's Four Legged Smokey? Has yet to make an appearance in a game this season. Bad karma. Uh, he's in training, so uh, Smokey Eleven remains in training to h- handle his roles. It sounds like Smokey Ten is going to run through the T on Saturday. Smokey Ten would have run through the T on Saturday against Austin P, but there was no T because the band was seeking shelter underneath the south end zone. Oh, seriously, just, just move your camera. Point it out the window in the backyard. And let everybody see him. See what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> has got to go. He's got training. <laughs> no, I've got a dog, but trust me, you don't want you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. That's not pretty. All right, let's go to let mine out in the middle of the let him out the door in the middle of the podcast, Rob, or listen to mine yelp the entire podcast. AP. Yeah, that's Max. <laughs> Luckily, nobody's walking in front of the door downstairs right now as we tape this. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Pine. Um, couple here. Do you think this is the week to make a youth movement on defense? Not necessarily starting, but getting snaps early in the game. Austin, they play young guys: Aaron Carter, David Hobbs, Ricky Gibson. Got to keep them coming along, but they play young guys defensively. Yeah, they have. They they got to get Hobbs back more involved. Um, didn't really do much last week. And then, uh, you know, they, I think this is a week where you see a lot more Jeremiah T. Lander um, as they try to bring him along. Uh, Ricky Gibson, I think, will get some run, and then we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think they ought to be trying to push guys like John Slaughter and, you know, and, and um, um, who's the other safety? Uh, Luttrell, Jack Luttrell. Um, yeah. You know, put, push those guys just because you, you need depth. I mean, like, you know, again, if you can get up a couple scores in this game, let those guys, you know, get a little bit of run. I'm not saying play them a bunch, but let them get a series. But you're playing 12 guys on the defensive line. It's hard to play 15, right? I mean, you're and Tyree playing. Weathersby would be playing right now. Yeah, you're, you're playing a bunch. You're playing. And you don't have Elijah Zoo. Yeah, and Elijah, you're playing a bunch of bodies up front. You're playing a bunch of bodies um, at linebacker because you have to because of the injury to Keenan Peely. So you're playing young guys there. You're rotating at the corners now. I would rotate with younger guys. And, and and probably have a youth movement there. I think Ricky Gibson is a guy who needs to, to play more, obviously. Um, I think you got to push there. Where you're not going to see them rotate is at safety. And I know that's what everybody wants, but all you've got to do is read Tim Banks's comments every time he stepped in front of the podium from the, from all, the start of fall camp in August through his, his deal this week. They're not changing the safeties. I mean, they asked him about leadership on defense this week. The first person that came out of his mouth was Jalen McCullough. He has said in every media conference that you pick, you take experience. You got to have a guy who's got it. You got to have guys who have experience. That's where he's at at safety. They're going to play Wesley Walker and Jalen McCullough at safety. Period. And 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 last weekend McCullough was not, you know, not a liability in my opinion. You know, unlike others. Where you could see some more rotation, where we have seen some rotation, Brent, is a star. We've seen a little bit more Brandon Turnage for Tamari McDonald, but I'm with you on the safeties. Yeah, and, and you know, I think T Mac has not played well. Okay. Yeah. Two or three I games. Agree. And I think I think that you're seeing a guy who didn't go through fall camp. And yep. I think Austin referenced this on the two minute drill um uh, earlier this week. It's it's it feels a little Jalen Wright. You know, Jalen Wright struggled early last year, not just with fumbles, but he didn't see it very well. He was the guy who didn't go through 11 on 11, didn't get to contact, and it showed up. And I think T-Mac is dealing with that right now, which is why you wonder about Cooper Mays. Do you try to get him on the field this week to knock off some rust? I know he's played a ton of football, 
but there's certainly some rust there. Do you do that before South Carolina? Speaking of that, the second part of Pine's question before we hit a, a reset here, do you see this lineup on Saturday on the offensive line, left or right? Campbell, Carrick, Mays, Spragans, Mincy. It's a long week, Garrett. It's a long week. So we'll see on Gerald Mincy. It's a long week, AP. It's a long week. Yeah, I think Mincy plays. Um, it's a long week. And, and we'll see on Cooper. Again, we have to Cooper. My biggest question, what do you guys think? What, if, when Cooper's back, what happens to left guard? I mean, I mean he, stay stay there, he stays there. Ollie's, it's not a competition with him and Ollie. Ollie's not played left guard as Hubs. Well, I know, but I mean, he's played it a lot in his career. And, and you know, the offensive line coach is a big fan of Andre. I think the, I think you could see some rotate. You, you could see a potential rotation there if Cooper is back healthy. I, I think you could see Ollie being a bit of a, a, a swing, swing guy. Down, yes, I don't think Cooper is going to step back in whenever he's back in the starting lineup and necessarily be ready to play 60, 65 snaps a game. And that's where you are right now offensively, 63 and 65. Uh, EC had that one in the holster. Yeah, so you, you might you might rotate there some. Um, I, I think you're going to rotate and get Ollie Lane some work back at, at left guard and, and kind of build some, you know, try to build there in, in case, you know, you need to move. I mean, and, and, and need to rotate there a little bit. Um, again, you know, I know they want to play a bunch of, a bunch of guys, who are your five, right? And and if you get Cooper Mays back, you, you got to sort of figure out who your five are. And um, you may rotate some, but you, you got to get a little bit going. I, I think Mincy's, you know, he can't be a, a bonehead. I mean, he's got to do the right things. But I think that's who they want to play at right tackle, um, or at least split that time. I don't think they want Crawford out there for the entire game at right tackle. But that's up to Mincy, man. I mean, you can't. You can't do the stuff you did last week. I mean, it's just it's been two years of that too. You just can't do that. I mean, you you you're either you're either in and committed with your teammates or you're not. Okay, and and you know you, you've got to be more locked in and you've got to be more about your team and and do the things you're supposed to do. Already two name drops on this program. That being Mark Packer, three would be way too much. But let's just go ahead and go down that road. Uh, let's let Mark Packer tell us about our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions here on the Volquest Mailbag Podcast. It's one of those phone calls that you hate to get from your kids. Hey, Dad, a tree fell on my house. Well, we got that call a couple of weeks back from our daughter at her house here. And the first call that I made was to Exterior Home Solutions. The peace of mind that they gave me and us as a family when they came out here and came up with a plan, got us connected with the right people, is absolutely priceless. Use the same people that I use. In that time of need, Exterior Home Solutions. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We thank the good people at Exterior Home Solutions, and we applaud Austin Price for making sure Mark Packer worked work in the word priceless in that spot. So, good job, AP. And, again, thanks to our buddies at Exterior Home Solutions. Yeah. Just remember. Those are great guys. I mean, great guys. Life happens. I mean, and seriously, if you have an issue, call call those guys. They they are fantastic in what the in what they do. Any, you talk to anybody who's ever used them for anything, you're going to get nothing but rave reviews. 
for, for the quality of their work, for the professionalism and how they go about business. You will not be disappointed with Exterior Home Solutions. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Brent, I want to stay here with this one for you because I know you'll enjoy this one. Do little ball wants to know, what's Peely's timeline for a return? Looks like he's missed out there. Uh, he is missed. I mean, that's a huge that's a huge loss for Tennessee. Um, I think a greater loss than we thought, even though he has not played in this system. Um, and it, it's just – it's forced Elijah Herring and Arian Carter into the fray um, – in the deep end of the waters, right? AP, they, they're not, they're not going in the shallow end and kind of getting comfortable. They've just got to go now and grow up in a hurry. So I think the loss of Peely is significant and, and the timeline of him missing games is going to be significant. If he's back, you're going to see him in November, right? AP. That's right. Somewhere between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Uh, another one here from Doolittle ball. We kind of spoke on it earlier. Who are the other options at nickel? That would be Brandon Turnage right now. Said he thought McDonald played well last year. Looks like he's regressed. Again, he missed a whole lot of fall camp. Um, Austin, uh, one of my buddies would text me saying, well, should they move Slaughter back to star? And, like, Slaughter hadn't done star in years. Uh, it, it's it's McDonald and it's 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 Brandon Turner's. Those are your star options. Yeah, but I think he could slide over and play star. Don't sleep on Warren Burrell. Come on. I, I'm going uh, to tell you the guy. If, I'm sleeping on Warren Burrell. If, so, if somebody comes about, and I don't know that he's it's – played there. I don't know if I don't know that it's now, but if somebody emerges, potentially could emerge at the star position moving forward, it could be Jordan Thomas if they leave him there. Yeah. I think that's a guy that if you're, you know, if you feel like and again, I don't know why you would move Turnage anywhere else, but if for some reason you felt like, you know, you needed to move him back outside where he's played corner or whatever. You could theoretically do that. I think the one young guy who could be potential at the star position is, is Jordan Thomas. If he could get healthy, AP, stay healthy, and if he stayed there and, and not bounce back and forth multiple positions. Yeah, I mean, uh, realistically, had he been working at safety all through spring and stuff, he, he probably is in a much better spot to play safety right now, but they, they kind of balanced him all over the place. So, you know, leaving him at star, letting him focus on that. You know, he's got the athletic ability, and it really boils down to his health. He's just been nicked up, banged up, and slow to recover. Let's go to Sam Smith, twenty-two thirty-three. Rob, you can get this one. You and I both have kind of looked at the the previews for UTSA. Uh, the Fighting Roadrunners have taken a setback this year, and they're probably gonna uh, be without their eighteenth-year senior quarterback potentially. Seventh. Turf Seventh. But with uh, that being said, is there anything they can do that would give Tennessee a good test before playing the Fighting Beamer Ballers? I mean, I, I don't claim to know them intimately, but like you, Eric, I mean, I've researched. I mean, they lost their, their you know, they, they had a big time receiver last year that they lost to Ole Miss. Um, I mean, I just, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, they'll, they'll be better than Austin T. But you know, just from what we've seen the first couple games, you know, losing to Army, I just, I, I don't think this is a big test this you, week. You got- you have Tyke Ogle Kellogg coming back to town, the former Alcoa standout, and Martavis French, who former you know. from the White. Is he part of the White Heaven Trio? I heard of the White Heaven Trio. That's right. That's this a- AP does does the Harris kid have? Has he played more years of eligibility at UTSA, or has Mitchell and JT Daniels played at more schools? during their eligibility in college football. Uh, Mitchell actually may be a push. Uh, JT Daniels, I think, is one short. Okay. Just curious. I think that if, if John Fulgerson was still on campus, they could have him and, like, Frank Harris play, like, a, a cherry tennis match. Or, or Again, the fact that 
JT Daniels is playing at Rice and Jawan Mitchell is playing at Colorado and the kid at North Carolina is not eligible. It's incredible. It's a joke. It's a joke. And the NCAA are a bunch of clowns. And if you like, again, I'm not saying that I don't, if you want to say the kid from North Carolina is ineligible, fine. But I, and I don't care if Jawan Mitchell graduated, he graduated and went to Arizona State. And then decided to leave there because, you know, whatever. That was your grad transfer move. Also, I thought we were going to get the Oakle Kellogg drop on the Rocky Top Roundtable this week, but took you to Thursday. I knew you get it in there, so good job. Good job on that. Uh, let's go to Neyland Vol 1980. It seems evident over the, the last... Serial, you think he's got a serial NIL deal? He, he should. One. He should. It just makes or too much Ogles sense. Water Park. Can you if if Mark Packer's last name was Kellogg? Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine the commercial possibilities? Mark Kellogg. We we get. Hey, I'll say this, Eric. We get a lot of pop tarts. That's true. That is true. Can't be wearing a pop tart T-shirt right now, probably on the podcast. <laughs> uh, y'all made me forget where I was. Um, <laughs> it was a question from CSW Vault of Hubs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Actually, it wasn't a question. It was just a statement that he's right about and we're wrong. Bump, bump, bump. It seems evident over the last two-plus seasons that there is a drop-off in offense when Cooper Mays isn't on the field. That leads me to two questions. Since missing some of this season, is it more likely Cooper will use his COVID year and come back next season? That's question one. You know, man, I really don't know. I think Cooper will come back, play the rest of the season, and he'll be gone. I really do. I I just don't see him using the COVID year. Um he was really tight with Carvin and 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 um, Darnell Wright and several of the players last year, um, and, and I just think that he's probably to that point in his career where you know moving on makes the most sense. Now again, anything could happen, you know, um, but you know it just feels that way to me. I mean, and, and I then think, player I, attributes that Hypo and LRB evaluate when looking to recruit shush, a center. Rob, shush. <laughs> Shush, please. I was just going to say, I mean, Cooper's size used to be a big knock, but and for, I, I don't want to tell you how bored I was the other day, but something got me sidetracked. I went and looked at like the centers that got drafted last year. I mean, Cooper stacks up with him. I mean, there was the kid from, there was a kid from Wisconsin that went in the second round. That's like six, six, three twenty. but everybody else is in the six, three, six, two range. And, and nobody's, you know, it, they're all in between 300, 310 pounds. I mean, that, that used to be a knock on Cooper, but if you just look at his peers that got drafted, it's not anymore. I mean, he's he's right in line. Agreed. All right, Eric. Sorry. Bruce underscore Vol with the firing of Mel Tucker. Could you see Stanton Ramil being a possibility in the transfer portal? No. I mean, like you never say never, but not in my opinion. I just don't think that 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 that, that will happen. But you know, it depends on you know Tennessee's need for offensive linemen. Here's my thing, Hubs. If you need linemen, you need linemen that can play. As Stanton Ramil played this year, is he starting? I mean, I honestly haven't looked. I assume not because most, you know, freshman offensive linemen don't start. And, you know, you know, I just you know, I just don't see the value in taking a kid that doesn't have experience and isn't a sure thing. Yeah, who is who is the other finalist for Stanton Ramil besides Michigan State? Penn State. Penn State. Hey, Peter, you basing it off a phone call you've had with Mel Tucker at all? Is it just, just an opinion? 
Gold Coast Vol. Would Joe running more help this offense get going? He doesn't seem to have the ability of making guys miss like Hendon did, but he is big and reasonable speed once he gets going. Does it look like some of the plays being called likely offer a run option for him, but he's choosing to hand the ball off or pass instead? Does Tennessee want him to run some? I don't know if if he's got option on some of the zone reads, like on the fourth and short. Somebody had asked that earlier. I think it's a good question because if you look at the replay of that, it looks like he could go out the backside for a first down with, with the way the end crashed. But I don't know what the play call or what the option is there. Um, he's not going to run like Hendon Hooker. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you – I think that's something you have to look at. I don't think you run and get him beat up, Austin. I think you have to pick your spots in big games. But, I mean, they, they ran him, what, a half dozen times against Clemson last year? Something like that? I mean, design runs? I, I, I think they've got to get back to a little bit of that moving forward and – you know, if he gets banged up, it's unfortunate. But I just think they've got to get that element going a little bit in their offense. I just don't yeah, I really think it's in his – I agree. I mean, I think it's – Not really with the awesome. Rob. It's just not this – I mean, if you just watch his body language, the way he leans when he runs – I mean, this is very basic. If he has to, he will. He but will, but it's just not – it's just not a natural – I mean, he's he's a pocket guy. I mean, he's just, he's looking, looking downfield. It just – it just doesn't come naturally to him. And he knows yeah. that stat that he's never thrown a touchdown on the run. Well, I mean, here's I mean, here's the thing. I mean, he's not gonna run for a hundred yards like Hendon Hooker did against Florida last year. I mean, that's just he's not gonna run for a hundred yards against anybody. I do think you have to look at keeping some of that a little bit honest. I mean, there was a reason they they ran basically single wing five or six times against Clemson last year, right? I mean, they were looking to try to set something up. They were doing that for a purpose. I, I think right now you've got to look at doing that um, against quality teams moving forward. Because, again, I've said this all week long. If teams are going to be able to defend Tennessee's run, Eric, with a three- and four-man front and not have to bring extra bodies and they're going to be able to play zone in the back end and not let you take the top off of it and not give you a bunch of man coverage, it'll be hard for this team to score. No. And they, this won't be their first less than 20-point game against a good defense if they can't do a better job of running the football against light boxes. That's just paramount for the success of this yeah. offense. However, yeah. I mean, you, you made that point on the Rocky Top Roundtable. And I actually, I didn't watch the whole game, but after you said that, you know, was, I was watching a couple, some of it after you said that and a few couple series, you're exactly right. I thought that was, you know, it didn't occur to me at first, but how Florida was able to stop in exactly what you're saying with two, two safeties high, you know, three or four down linemen and just not doing anything special. It just Tennessee couldn't run the ball. That was that was eye opening. Tell you who had a good game, that Cam Johnson or Jackson guy in the middle. He had a really, really good game and it was alarming. Tennessee literally couldn't run against a light box of five players at times. Well um, and, and, and Tennessee a year ago had a hard time with Florida's inside guys, the heavies of in of the inside yeah. guys last year. They had a hard time. The neutralizer was Hooker. Hooker made enough made plays and gashed some plays. They didn't need any gash plays on Saturday. I mean, Jalen Wright was right when he said Florida was playing in on the other side of the line of scrimmage and they played on the other side of the line of scrimmage with their defensive front way too often Saturday night. Uh, kind of bringing this conversation to a close. I think it's important to remember here. Like if you're running an RPO, that is a run pass option. The run is not for Joe Milton. The run is for the running back. And then it's, you're reading it. Uh, you can give it, or you can pull it out and throw it to, to the perimeter. That's a run pass option. The zone read I mean, unless, Brent, unless you're calling a, a keep or a straight give, a zone read has an option every time. Yeah, and I just don't know how they call yeah, that. Like, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't have any idea if on the fourth and one where 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Wright was stuffed. I don't have any idea if there's a read call on that. I mean, they had the same play got stuffed basically against Virginia. And let's be real, that's a dumb play call on fourth and one. You know, I mean, the same play got stuffed against no. Austin P. I don't know if he has a read off that. I need to ask and find out because I don't know if that's a his decision, Joe's decision, or if that's a straight give, you're, you're handing it off there because that's the call. I don't know the answer to that question. Last question. We'll go to Vol 124. Said Florida's quarterback had success every time he rolled out to his right. Who's responsible for the containment? Guys, this essentially can change on, on a certain play, but um, you know, typically it's the end man on the line of scrimmage, so it's that end, or it can be an outside backer at a point in time. But also when the quarterback's rolling out, a lot of times the field, I mean the field shrinks, so that backer can come down and get the quarterback. It just kind of depends on what you have called and everything, but typically the end man on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think I think you know there was times Tennessee's the end, the Leos and, and the defensive ones got got a little got a little loose, lost some contain, didn't play it exactly the way they were supposed to in their fits. Uh, maybe that was because of the jet sweep and some of the eye candy that they got pre-snap. Maybe they just didn't play it real well. But but again, I don't know. I'm with you, Eric. I don't have any idea every on every call. I don't know if the linebacker is supposed to wrap outside there. I, I don't I don't know exactly what the calls are. So that, that's a there's not a black and white answer to that question because it depends on what you're doing schematically. A lot of great questions here this week on the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Appreciate you guys for always sending them in every single week, and we get it here on a Thursday morning. Big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. Uh, Exterior Home Solutions puts East Tennessee's community first. They are rooted in trust and are the first choice for roofing and exterior home renovations. Remember, this ends October the 1st, but win a free roof from Exterior Home Solutions. Nominate a deserving family at exteriorhomesolutions.com slash makeover. 865-524-5888. You can get a free estimate if you give them a call there or visit them online, exteriorhomesolutions.com. For Rob Lewis, Austin Price, Brent Hubs, I'm Eric Kane. We'll have plenty more preview coverage before the UTSA game coming up on Saturday. That's all at VolQuest.com. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.